Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, Martha Van Camp. She is the founder and head coach at Be Martha Fit, an online wellness and weight loss coaching program. And she reached out to me a couple months ago with her story, and I was quite mesmerized by it and knew I had to have her on the show because you all needed to meet her. So here's a little bit about Martha. She struggled with her weight from childhood until the age of 40 and was sort of a self-proclaimed diet junkie. And finally, she conquered her own weight battle by doing extensive research on how the body processes food for energy. And then over a period of four years, Martha lost 100 pounds. You heard that right, 100 pounds. In addition, she has owned a CrossFit gym and competed in numerous bodybuilding competitions on the East Coast. Martha believes clients must focus on fixing their food, and she puts that in quotation marks, First, in order not only to achieve weight loss, and I really want you to hear that part, not only to achieve weight loss, but also to attain other life goals. So I had a very similar experience and story to Martha. I lost 85 pounds, not 100, but I very quickly found that it was a lot less about the weight and a lot more about just the self-care and lifestyle changes that I needed to make, that my weight was just showing me were a little bit off kilter. Now I'm saying this because this is the second weight loss show that I've run in the past couple of weeks, actually. And I think it's really important to understand if weight is something that you're dealing with, that it really should be your inner voice telling you that your weight is a sign that something else needs to be dealt with. We should never go on any sort of journey like this because we think we need to be thin for somebody else. So in the show notes, I wanted to make sure to remind you of our amazing episode with Nicola Salmon, who talked about being fat positive. Um, I talk about it a number of times in the podcast as well, about how really food leads can lead just to a healthier, happier life. And the goal is not to look like Barbie. And I really feel like that's important to point out. Right now, I am on my own little weight loss journey. As you all know very well, if you've been a listener, if you don't, welcome. But 12 years ago, I did lose 85 pounds. I was in my early 30s. I had just had three kids. I was exhausted. Um, I was really overwhelmed and my body showed that by retaining this weight. And eventually I figured that out and it changed everything, including things that I hadn't been able to fix earlier in my life. And so it really meant a lot to me. Now, fast forward to right now, I'm 45 and over the past couple of years, I haven't changed my habits so much around food, but you know, this business has grown. My kids need different things from me. They're older. And I found the little years exhausting, but they're exhausting in a different way than the teen years. And I just somehow this extra weight, maybe it's perimenopause, started to add on to my frame. And I think that women in their 40s commonly experience this. And so what I was noticing was that it was time again to look at my food and figure out why my what my body was telling me I needed to do. And so I've been on this journey. You guys have heard from Tess Masters. Um, I did her program and I'm still in it. It's amazing. So I want to bring you multiple guests that talk about this topic because everyone's going to resonate with somebody different. We're all going to hear different things from different people. Martha is a mom of um, 
how many, I think she says seven children, right? So I think that she's part of a blended family, but seven children. And I think it's really important to see how we can take care of ourselves and all these other people and how sometimes taking care of ourselves actually helps us to take care of other people. And that's really why I wanted her on the show. But I also believe it's really important for you all to hear a lot of perspectives on this topic because I never want to be sharing the message that I think we've all gotten throughout our lives, that our bodies need to look a certain way in order for us to love ourselves or feel like we're enough or feel accepted. All right. So that was a long way of saying that. All right. Also, I want to tell you that Martha and her program have been featured numerous times on national television, on networks like CBN and TBN. So we're talking to the real deal here today. And before I get Martha on, I also want to share that we have some super exciting things coming up. So one of them is Make December Matter. Do you remember that event from last year? If you weren't listening to this last year, then maybe you don't. But if you were, then you know that you'll want to come again. Last year, it was a one-day event really focused on how to simplify December And then with your simplified December, really figure out how to jump into this year, 2020, which has been a doozy, right? 2020 has been crazy. And we're all needing this reset. And because we're all needing this reset, and we all have just different circumstances happening right now at home, whether you're homeschooling kids or in this crazy cycle of kids going to school and them being home, which I think might even be harder than them just being home, or you just have a lot more on your plate since, I don't know, we've been in a pandemic and we're hitting elections and it is just such a crazy time. So we need and deserve and really need a break right now. So what I've done is I've made Make December Matter two days this year. The first day is going to be focused on how to really simplify the holiday season. It's happening on November um, 14th. So it's plenty time before the American Thanksgiving. Um, I'm lying. It's starting on November 13th. It's November 13th and November 14th. It's a Friday and a Saturday. And so plenty of time before Thanksgiving and definitely before December. And the idea is that we're really going to make a plan on that day. We're going to make a plan for what we're going to eat. We're going to make a plan for what could really serve our family, given these new circumstances that we are living in. Um, And the whole day is going to be focused around you really thriving in the day. So we will be led in meditation. We will be moving our bodies. We will be learning tools that will serve us both in December and as we head into 2021. We're going to be super inspired by some amazing guest experts um, with both content to consider and plan for and tools that will help us relax both on those two days and in the months to come. It's super exciting. Um, On Friday, we're also going to have a practice to really feel complete about 2020 because that's one of the most important things to do before we even start to think about 2021, especially I would say this year. And then on the next day, we're going to move into what it looks like to really plan for 2021, especially now given what we know, what we've learned this year um, about how, you know, time can change so rapidly and how we might have to pivot. And all of that's going to be taken into consideration as you learn the tools for planning. We'll do some planning on that day and we'll also give you some amazing planning sheets so that you can use them throughout December so that by the time January 1st happens, you have a plan and you feel like you're really landing in the new year grounded and full of joy having had an amazing holiday season. So That page is going to be up for you very soon, but save those dates. It's December, it's not December, it's November 13th and 14th. Clearly those dates are causing me some issues. November 13th and 14th, it'll be two full day experiences. It will be free for those two days. So if you, I know a lot of my clients right now are taking off that Friday so they can really give themselves that day and asking people at home, spouses, kids, um, to 
take care of themselves on the Saturday to do other things so that they can give themselves that time as well. So if you want the free experience and that just sounds like just what you need, make sure to save the dates. And on next week's podcast, we will give you the link so that you can actually reserve your ticket um, and learn more about what each session is and all the things that are going to get you really excited about it. We're also going to eat really well on that day because we have some amazing menu plans being made for us. So if you're inspired by what you learned today from Martha, um, this might be just the self-care thing that you need. All right, you all, with no further ado, let's get the amazing Martha Van Camp on the show. Oh my gosh, Martha, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. It's a great day. It's funny. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this topic, which for me is kind of like, you know, I love having these interviews because I feel like sometimes I learn so much from the people we have on the show. And we're going to be talking about weight loss today. And weight loss is something, you know, it was the, we don't know each other that well, but it was the beginning of my story 11 years ago. Um, like the beginning of this whole business started with weight loss. So we do something very different right now, but I sort of got into health um, and wellness and time management through losing 85 pounds um, with three wow. kids under five and needing, and which is, you know, we'll talk about your story in a sec, which is, was really, I realized later sort of a time management situation rather than a, you know, so much the weight loss that wasn't as much my passion, but it's funny that we're talking today because, you know, when that happened, I was 33. So I guess it was more than 10 years ago. Cause now I'm 45, as I was reminded yesterday, I keep saying I'm 44, <laughs> but I'm 45. And I felt like something shifted a little in my, when I turned 42 ish or in my forties, definitely around my moods. <laughs> um, but also all of a sudden the exact things that had been working for 10 years and really kept the weight off were, were shifting a little bit and slowly, but surely like 30 of those 85 pounds, I think have crept on over the past years. Uh, COVID maybe didn't help. And so all of a sudden I'm in this phase right now where actually I'm really focused and it's interesting because it's like this, I always talk about the spiral staircase and I think we have a lot of fear around getting back to the same place, especially with weight loss. I don't have a lot of fear of ever getting back to that 85 pound place, but it's so cool to be on the journey a second time actually, and having to dial in and see what's different. And, you know, luckily I can say I've lost 15 pounds in the past five weeks, which feels awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but it feels more like something I'm just doing now instead of right. the, all this baggage that was the first time. So I'm so excited to dive into right. your methods and what you believe yes. and your whole story. So tell everybody a little bit about your story because your story is kind of amazing. So, cause yeah, I'm looking, absolutely. no one's seeing you right now, but I'm looking at you <laughs> and literally Martha is like, looks amazing and fit and tan and like all the things. So has it always been that way? Heck to the no. You know, I, I um, came from very tall parents. So my dad was six foot eight. My mom at the time was 5'10", 5'11". I'm six foot. I was always the tallest girl growing up. I have two older sisters, but I vividly remember being on a diet since the age of nine. Oh, me um, too. Oh my gosh. I right? have that same story. Yes. 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 And so you know, no, no harm, no foul to our parents or our mothers, but back then they didn't know the science that we know. So for gosh, 40 years of my life, I was on perpetual diets, trying everything, trying, you know, the big national chains that we all are familiar with, or literally starving or juicing or buying prepped foods, just this perpetual hamster wheel. Um, and then I just kind of gave up. I was like, all right, I'm just going to be the tall, bigger girl in the family. And I got remarried and suddenly was a mom to seven children. Oh my God. Were, yeah. Four of which were stepchildren. My husband was not in the military at this time, but worked for the military. So he was deployed and I was trying to raise seven children, three of which were my children and just gave up on myself. And you're right. You know, we talk about these timed moments in our lives when, you know, I like to think about it like the door or the window slightly opens. And if you don't walk through it at that moment, you probably aren't going to get your life together. And so I vividly remember hitting the age of 40 thinking, I don't want to be the fat mom and I'm just done. I was undone. And at that point, 
after, you know, kind of hearing this voice in the back of my head for a week that literally said, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? I thought, all right, game over. And I just started to do the, to do the research myself, like what foods matter and what are macronutrients and what are micronutrients. And so I honestly became my first client and within 10 months lost 50 pounds and I was happy. I mean, I was down around 200 and I'm six foot tall and I thought, oh, that's pretty good. But no, just slowly and slowly and slowly, I would take a little break, but I wouldn't gain it back. And then I'd push again. Um, and so at the end of the day, over several years, I lost about 105 pounds, started doing bodybuilding competitions, had created my own company. And that's where we are today. But definitely there, was, there are those moments where you think, I need to get it together now and I need to make time for myself now. And that's, that's kind of how it happened. I was tired of putting all of my energy into seven kids and it was time for me to save myself. Okay, let's, let's dig into that a little bit because, you know, my story is sort of similar and what I hear a lot, and I'm assuming you might hear too, because I think both of us serve a lot of women who might be moms, is that it's just not the right time, right? So we have this voice that we're sort of hearing that knows that we need something different. And, you know, thinking back, you know, you know, I probably had that voice before the day, you know, the day that I was like drew the line in the sand was a really bad day. And then I was able to like make the switch. So I'm sure that I was getting hints of that, you know, before that. Um, but when I look back, I tell everyone that like the process was actually pretty simple. I had made it really hard on myself. Um, but I, once I really figured out how to simplify, I was okay and I could do it no matter what. And I just feel like I meet so many women who just say, you know, I'll do it when the kids are in school. I'll do it when the kids potty trained. I'll do it when the kids go to college, you know, like that's 18 years we put on holds. Right. And then, but then I also work with women whose kids have gone to college and it's hard to work backwards from 18 years of programming that, you know, you're not putting yourself first. So let's, right. let's talk a little bit about that just from your own experience maybe, and also what you see with the women you work with and, and how we can really, you know, what, what are some strategies for really yeah. being able to do that work? I think no matter what, there's never a perfect time. Right. But I think there are definitely moments in time when each woman says, I'm sick of my own BS. Yeah. I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of fighting this scale. I'm sick of walking into my closet every morning and wanting to cry because I don't like anything that I fit in. Or maybe you wake up kind of like I did and maybe like you did and you're like, wait a minute, I'm a really good employee. I'm a really good mom. I'm juggling all this, but where am I? in the to-do list. Um, I often will say to new clients, if you were to make a list of the five people you love the most, are you even on that list? Right. And so, right, I think, you know, we think about, yes, I love my husband, or I love my significant other, or, and I love my children, but where are you on the list? Yeah. And so I think there absolutely are times, whether you're self-aware or not, that each woman has a moment like, I'm either going to take that step today or maybe another year before I feel like this, and then I'll take the step. Because we are stepping over opportunities to put ourselves on the to-do list every single day. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I, I definitely you know, had that moment, I think on the, on the, the day, you know, it really was a day that I made a change. And I know for some people, it's more like a couple moments that make it up over time. But what's interesting is, you know, I really knew that I wasn't showing up to those five people on the list. I definitely wasn't on the list, but I also knew that I wasn't showing up to those people to my full capacity because I hadn't put myself first in so long that I had nothing like left in me, right? Like right, I was exhausted. Right. right. You yeah. were done. You were undone. And I think a lot of women just say, yeah, I'm done or I'm undone, but I'm not going to make a change. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes it becomes a moment where a doctor says, you got to make a change. Yeah. Um, you know, in that week where I heard that little voice in the back of my head was also the week where I had this prevailing thought. And I have twins who are now 20, but at the time they were what, 
11, 12. Mm-hmm. And it's a boy girl twin. Um, and the, the boy, um, since the age of nine, he just said to me one day, he woke up one day and he said, mom, I want to be, um, he wants to go into special ops for the armed services. And so when I turned 40, I had this prevailing thought of if my son's going to do that, then how can I be a fat mom? Like, I don't want to be the fat mom of a spec ops guy, right? If he can be badass and be so fit and be saving our country, like, like I need to get my crap together. Yeah. So I think we all have those moments. Like, who are you showing up for? And do you want to be that 80 year old lady who can get down on the floor and play with your grandkids? Or do you want to literally be sitting in a chair and watching versus participating in life? Yeah. So let's talk about that because I feel like for both of us, something changed in this like last time. Right. So I've just admitted that I'm here a little bit again, but that's okay. Like it's a spiral and I'm learning so much. And, and, you know, now I'm in my forties and I'm grateful that the first time was in my thirties. Um, but it was very different that time than like, you know, I, I, my nine-year-old experience was my mom had just had a baby and she was a very small person and didn't like, you know, the baby bulge. And so had decided, I think Weight Watchers was like the new rage. And so I decided that we could both join. And my experience was, first of all, it was disgusting food, right? Like it was so gross. And so right, <laughs> right. now my passion is that we can definitely lose weight with good tasting food. Yes. Um, but I remember, do you remember, do you know those, like, it's like wasa toast. It's like these, like, oh, yes. these, like crackers. And we were allowed to make French toast out of that. Like, it was just so gross. I can't explain it. And oh, so one wow. day I'm, I'm nine years old and it's like two weeks in and I go to a slumber party and with a friend and it was like a big, they had like, I don't know why, but they had like 20 kids over. It was like a mess. And I was so determined to do this right that I had all, I mean, I don't think I was smart enough at that point or my mom was smart enough to send me with food. So I basically think I starved myself for 24 hours. Right. And so then it's the morning and the cake comes out. Right. So none of us have slept. The cake comes out and literally I wasn't even going to say yes, but the mom, uh, you know, is giving me the piece of cake and I kid you not, but all of a sudden the doorbell rings because the parents are coming, the door opens. And as I'm reaching out to take this piece of cake, the Weight Watchers like leader walks in and she's a mom, right? And I couldn't even, I didn't even like, you know, I'm nine years old. So of course I didn't know she was someone's mom or whatever. And I just remember being so humiliated. And I think that that like led then to behavior after behavior. But when I finally made this decision at 33, like, it was different. Like it definitely was about the weight because I think that was the most tangible thing I could see to the problem, but the problem was definitely bigger than the weight. And so I always explained that it led to so much more. It led to so much more with my attitude and how I just took care of myself. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that in terms of like your story. Like, I mean, we're talking about weight loss and I feel like that's the trigger for a lot of us, but like, let's paint the picture a little bit for people. So I think there's two really important things here. One, when I was that nine-year-old, right, um, I remember standing in fourth grade and this tall boy came over to me and called me Big Bertha. Oh my God. Yeah. And it wasn't because when I look back, it wasn't because I was fat. It was because at the age of nine, I was four foot 11 oh and gosh. that was so much taller than most yeah. boys and of course girls at that age. I didn't interpret it as being tall. Of course, in hindsight, I can. I interpreted it immediately as being fat. And when I look back at pictures, I wasn't fat at all. But we start this, and no matter if you're the best mom, no matter what, I truly feel like because of images and society, all of our girls, and to be honest, some of our boys, grow up with this horrifically poor relationship with food. Yeah. Like, let's think about it. If you and I wanted a piece of cake now, we'd have a piece of cake. Would we feel guilty about it? I hope not. But then we would move on. But back in that impressionable age, you start this vicious cycle of, I can't have this or, or this food is bad because... And I just remember starving all the time that I would get home from school and grab a box of either um, cinnamon life cereal or oh my God, I used to love that. <laughs> right? And I would take that cinnamon life cereal 
and the sugar bowl down to the basement to watch TV. And literally, I would probably gorge on four bowls of cereal because I was so hungry. But it starts this horrific relationship with food so that I, when I think we get to our 30s or 40s, we start really thinking about this relationship with food. And we think, all right, I've got to undo decades of poor relationship with food. And I now have to think of food as fuel. Because if we think about like the easiest illustration is we all have a car. And in order for our car to go, we fill it up with gas. And so if we think of like, all right, we have this one body, this one vessel, what is the gas that I have to put in my body for it to go? It's food. And so right. you really start thinking differently. But you also touched on something else. When we attack the food situation, yes, it appears to be a diet or weight loss, but it turns into fixing so many aspects of our life. My tagline with the company is fix your food, fix your life. And because when we think about it, if we fix the food, then we generally fix anxiety, depression, confidence issues. Suddenly we feel, especially as women, confident enough to ask for the raise or confident to really go after that job that maybe we put on hold for decades to raise our children. So yes, on the outside, it appears that we want to lose weight, but is so much deeper. And you touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell everybody how it looked a little different for you when, when the weight had come off, like what happened, like what started to happen with you and your family and like, how, how did you see the changes? And then I want to get into like some of the, how you did it. Yeah, I absolutely would say I became a better mother. I had more patience. I wasn't anxious. I wasn't depressed. I became a better wife because I felt comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Um, so across the board, um, you know, I mentioned that I went into a couple of years of bodybuilding competitions. That's a whole nother aspect that can be dangerous to bring into your life from the aspect of like eating disorders, hormonal dysfunction, but really just doing a sustainable weight loss food plan truly gave me then the confidence to open up my own CrossFit gym, to start my own nationally recognized weight loss company, yeah. all of that, none of that would have happened if I hadn't fixed my food. Right. It's that simple. All right. So let's talk about fixing food. So for Absolutely. somebody who's just like at the beginning, you know, and just at that place where it's like that voice is kind of quiet, it's getting a little bit louder and yeah. they're feeling ready to make that first step. Let, yep. Let's go through what we think the first three steps, like what are the three most important things to sort of focus on in that moment? Like what are some of the changes that are really useful? Absolutely. You know, we could talk about the things that everybody else talks about, like, hey, stop the Diet Coke, stop the caffeine, stop the sugar, stop yep. the traditional flours and wheat. But that's so surface level. If we could just go one layer deeper and talk about the three most important macronutrients that your body needs protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats. And yep. when you look at a nutrition label, you'll see those three macronutrients listed out. And then you'll see a bunch of other micronutrients. But if we could just focus on the fact that on a daily basis, you need protein because that repairs and replenishes your body, you need complex carbs or healthy fats, not both. Because right. complex carbs and healthy fats are energy sources. So if we think of like complex carbs like um, rice, couscous, quinoa, black beans, sweet potatoes, those complex carbs provide energy to the muscles in our body. Then the healthy fats like nut butters, um, avocado, hummus, those provide energy to our organs. And then overall, we need protein. So on a daily basis, if women could just stop and say, okay, what is a source of lean protein? All your lean meats, chicken breast, turkey breast, some red meat, lots of fish, some salmon, um, but then eggs. And then what, so if that is going to repair my body, then what energy source do I want to pair with that? Do I want a complex carb or do I want a healthy fat? So if we could just 
sit there for a moment and realize that those three macronutrients are so important. And then the next thing is to say, I need to put myself in a caloric deficit. So a lot of women then when they hear that, they think, oh, 1200 calories. No, unless you're older um, or really a very short, petite woman, you probably need 14, 15, 16, 17, 1800 calories a day because that metabolism needs to be revved up. It's a burning machine within your body. So two most important things is understanding the micronutrients or macronutrients, excuse me, and then also putting yourself in a caloric deficit. Got it. All right. So, and then, so it's interesting because one of the things I sort of gave up was the caloric piece of it. But I think when I replaced all those other things, like yes. it equaled out, you know, I just sort of started yes. focusing on getting all the fruits and veggies in. And then that yes. really like helps that piece because as I wasn't a numbers person and that was really stressing me out because that had been yeah. like, you know, that had been like Weight Watchers, <laughs> right. which right. I cl clearly was a trigger for me. Um, so that's super interesting. Okay. So let's also talk then about, let's talk a little bit about so I feel like a lot of, well, I want to talk about two things. I want to ask you two questions. I want to ask you one about the timing of eating, because I think that's kind yes. of important. And I also want to ask about um, just this, a lot of the excuses that we make as women. Mm, and I feel right. like one of them is like age and hormones. And, yeah. you know, I hear a lot about, I'm just big because I have a thyroid problem or something. And I don't even know that we've been diagnosed with that, you know, but like right. maybe some people have, but I just... I just feel like we throw that around a lot. Like this is like, there's a reason why we're big. Right. And I personally, like I've seen myself do that in my head, but I don't know that I quite believe it because technically right. when I started losing the weight, I was like a hormonal mess. Like I had just finished nursing. I was think I was still finishing nursing a baby. Like I had had three kids in five years. Like technically my hormones wow. were not stable. Right? Right, right. And then the same is kind of true right now. And so you know, cause I'm in my mid forties and right. God knows what's happening to my body right now. <laughs> um, yeah. and so really actually the time in the middle and the time before when I actually had let myself gain all that weight, there was actually less hormonal excuses than there are right. Like in the two right. moments that I chose to take this on. So let's, let's yeah. talk about those two things a little bit. Absolutely. And you know, concerning the excuses, I think one of the reason we take on these excuses is because we will hear from our, our doctor, oh, you have a thyroid issue. It's going to be hard to lose weight. Oh, you're getting older. It's going to, it, it just is what it is. You're going to be heavy. Like, and we, we accept what they're saying as gospel and Bible. But you know, a lot of doctors have only had one semester or one class of a nutrition, a, yeah. a nutrition class, right? So, so they're so used to just treating with a simple pill. And if that pill doesn't work, it is what it is. So I think a lot of these excuses, we just accept them because we're hearing that from a doctor. You touched on the fact that you started your journey in the 30s, completely different hormone structure. Yep. And then you're kind of doing it again in your 40s, a wildly different hormone structure. Because once we hit our 40s, mid 40s, whether you're even close to menopause or not, so much hormonally with our estrogen, testosterone, progesterone is going insane. Yeah, and crazy. so I think, it, yeah, I think it's really important to be aware that perhaps in your mid forties, you are estrogen dominant. And when women are estrogen dominant, we're holding on to a lot of water and it just makes us feel heavier. So it's different for every woman at every age, a, a girl who starts in her twenties, who has no medical issues. Wow. That's easy. The weight will fall right off of her. But what we're seeing, a lot of girls in their 20s are already diagnosed with things like insulin resistance or polycystic ovarian syndrome, and they're really struggling because their hormones are whack in their 20s. But when it comes to 30s, I think after you've had children, I think that is a sweet spot to lose weight. But then as we get into our 40s, if you're not working with someone like myself who understands how hormonally, structurally you're changing and how perhaps the foods need to change or the timing of eating needs to change, then you may be dead in the water. We look at every client that comes in and we do a complete onboarding process because what we have found is women in their mid to late 40s into their 50s often cannot handle 
the complex carb load that a 30 year old can. Right. And they, they need to perhaps really reduce or eliminate that, the complex carbs, and think about healthy fats and that will help them. So absolutely, I think every, every decade for a, a woman, especially as we go through it, dictates a different food type of plan. And this is where it can be so complicated because if you're just someone who's surfing through the internet, checking out Google, you're like, oh, okay, well I can use this. And then it doesn't work. Of course you're frustrated. And then we go back to the excuses that our doctors are giving us. Well, your thyroid is non-functioning. Therefore you won't lose weight. You know what? I blew out my thyroid when I was pregnant with the twins because of estrogen dominance at that time. I've had a non-functioning thyroid since the age of 28 and I lost 105 pounds. So like, let's just be, okay, we need, we need to really dig a little bit deeper than just accepting the excuses. You asked about the timing of foods. I think that's really fascinating. For most people at the very beginning, we like to stabilize their metabolism and get it, get it revving again. So timing of foods, we generally have people eating like five or six times a day, every two and a half, maybe three hours. However, when a woman does get into her late 40s, 50s, we have found that intermittent fasting can really be effective. And when people think of that, they're like, uh, am I not going to eat? No, of course you're going to eat. Food is fuel. But in that scenario, a lot of times we like to say, okay, let's break your 24-hour window into 16 and 8. So 16 hours you're going to fast. That includes sleeping. And you're going to get five meals in within eight hours. And we have found this works with women in their mid to late 40s up into their 50s because it does assist in stabilizing their hormones. So again, we're, we're dealing with that hormonal issue. But so I don't think there's any wrong answer here. I think it's really important to fuel yourself. I'm a proponent of eating five or six times a day. Um, heck, love to eat, right? But then there are times when we look at a woman's weight loss history or where they are age-wise and hormones and say, you know what, let's, let's do a 16-8 intermittent fasting window. Yeah, that has like literally changed my life. And I think when I was first, first of all, both times that I have done this, I've worked with someone. So I hugely like recommend that to anyone listening who's like on this journey there to me there's two parts and i'm gonna ask martha about the second part in a second like one is really just understanding that we don't understand everything about food because we have been misinformed by the medical industry and you know we've had and i'll link to some of them in the podcast notes we've definitely had some doctors on here whose you know transformational stories were really about all the marketing that they got marketed to in medical school and how it just didn't resonate like even by the dairy companies you know and, and and pharmaceutical companies and how they could see that go into their education, right? When wow. when a lot of them now don't believe that you should even have dairy, right? And so yeah, yeah. it's interesting how, you know, how many, like how advertised we were too. It's kind of scary. Yes. Um, but intermittent fasting has really, really helped me. And I was super resistant to it. And then someone suggested that, you know, it's just really 10 to six. So, you know, if you wake right. up at seven, whatever. So I started that way. And then for some reason in the pandemic, I was just having a hard time with the six o'clock dinner. I'm a big proponent of sitting down with the family and having dinner. Like that's our time together. And I just wasn't able to make that happen. So I moved it from 12 to eight so that we could eat at seven and that could be good. And I have to say like that time between, you know, seven and 12, you know, I had to shift around my schedule. That's not when I exercise anymore, but it's when I work and my brain is so clear in that time. Now that I'm like yes. in this phase, like when I feel like when I eat, I need the, the, the siesta after like my brain <laughs> yeah. gets like a little foggy, even though I'm yes. eating really clean, but those mornings are amazing. So I'm super yes. grateful to that tool. It's really helped me. So I highly, highly recommend that. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, you mentioned things like dairy. Um, It's really sad when we think about why dairy isn't good now or why um, some vegetables, for example, aren't giving us the nutrients that we need or even the meats that we're eating. It's because, you know, after World War II or around World War II, everything changed. Like the dairy that we drink now is not the dairy that our mom or dad drank. Um, And it's so processed. And even farmers are being forced in order to keep up and make money. Um, you know, if, if you saw a large farm back in the day, you probably saw how they would plant something 
And then after that harvested, they would allow that ground that those plants were in to be still, be calm. Right. Um, but now they are planting so much back and forth, back and forth that the soil doesn't have a chance to regenerate. Yep. And so that's why it's so important just to keep your eyes wide open and realize, yeah, dairy is horrible now. It wasn't, but it is now. Some of the vegetables we're eating, they are not even providing you the nutrients that they used to. And some of the meats we're eating, obviously, we've seen a lot of this are shoved with hormones and they're eating grass that doesn't even have nutrients in it. So we're not getting the nutrients that we need that perhaps our parents did 50, 60, 70 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have, I'm like a big proponent of gluten-free, not so that we yes. can, um, not so that we can replace it with all the sugary gluten-free cookies, but just because I think <laughs> wheat is in the same yeah. situation of really changing Absolutely. as a crop. It's a whole different thing. Yep. Um, all right. So you said something a couple questions ago um, about going deep. And that's, I think, where I want to, that's the question I want us to consider now at, as we come to an end of this time, because I'm so grateful for your time here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're sharing so much information. I've shared information. I wrote a book about food many years ago, and we've had a lot of people on this podcast, and we are having this series of people who may have slightly different opinions about what we should be eating this month. Sure. And, and But what I think is most important with all of this that we're hearing, including what we're hearing when we go into the, I mean, probably maybe even most importantly with what we're hearing when we go into the doctor's office, because I'm pretty careful about who I let on the podcast. Right. Um, is that there's this component of learning more and understanding mm -hmm. maybe some tricks and tools that we need to move forward in our journey, but also that aspect of really being able to listen to ourselves. Right. And I'm really passionate about helping women create some time to just be quiet because I think mm. some of us are going so fast, taking care of so many people, everybody but ourselves, and there's literally like no time to right. like even hear a voice that's saying like, slow down, stop, like, stop eating that. That's not going to serve you right now, whatever it is. Like, I feel like we know, like, we know whether, yes. you know, bread is the problem. We know if we're having too much dairy um, and we're always looking for that answer from outside of us. And I know that your story was really, that was an important part of it. So can we talk a little bit about what you teach, what you see, what you experienced around that and how really, even though we need to get this out, it's so helpful to get outside support. It's so helpful to get outside information to understand where we are in our hormonal journey or in our weight loss journey. But then also we really have to get good at listening to ourselves. And I know oh you believe gosh, the same yes. thing. 100%. And whether listening to yourselves is um, just listening to that trusted little voice in the back of your head, or perhaps you have a strong faith-based and you're listening to that voice, I think if you are continually going through your day and not listening to find the answers within your own self, you're missing, you're missing 100% of, of the story. Um, whether you innately think in the back of your head, maybe I do have a hormone issue. You know what, if you're thinking that, you need to like get to the bottom of that. If you're hearing a voice like, I should go work with this person, then you should go work with that person. I fully believe that if you're not taking time each day to just be and be quiet and put the phone down, whether that time is first thing in the morning with meditation or prayer, maybe it's at the end of the day without the TV on, because you are so right. We, we generally already have the answers, but we're not slowing down and getting quiet enough to hear the answers and you're 100% spot on. I, when we moved from, Gen from Virginia to Florida, um, I just sensed there was something wrong with my body and I pushed it off and pushed it off and did what I thought was best, which was just continue the food plan that I write for myself. But things weren't getting better and I just knew innately something wasn't right. And I finally went to a doctor an integrative medicine doctor, not a traditional doctor, and said, this is everything that's going on with me. And there, I was right. There was this perfect, ugly storm going on within my body, and I already knew it, but I was ignoring the voice. And so I 100% agree with you. If you don't take, and it doesn't have to be long. It could be 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, or just really start being self-aware of the answers you already have. Um, I completely agree with you. 
Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it, that doesn't mean that you don't get help from the outside world. Right. right? Like, and, right. and, you know, I can tell it like every, I always tell people that the 85 pounds 12 years ago, that that just like melted away, but it really was because I understood within my core, like I understood that there was like, I needed to do the next step. And every time I, I understood that there was a next step. Like it yes. just appeared. Like yes. I would go to yes. the yoga class and the woman would announce she like was a nutritionist or, you know, yes. I, I ate the same thing for six months because I had no idea how to cook. And I had these three little kids. And then all of a sudden I Googled when I got so sick of the food, the kind of food I was eating. And like the cooking class was the next Saturday, five blocks away from me, you know, like, it's just like, <laughs> yes. you can't make up these things. So there's yeah. definitely, and somebody might be listening to this podcast and be like, oh my God, like Martha's just what I was looking for. But yes. we can't, we can't like it, we, we won't make the change if I don't, if that initial instinct isn't coming from within us, like we might then listen to Martha and then go to the next thing. Like it's what we did our whole lives, right? right? Going right. from like one to one to one to right. one. You can do that with us, even though like you're totally yes. have a good system. Yeah. So I really, really love that and wish I, like, I wish for every woman that she can take that space, take that quiet, um, like, to me, that's really the most important like self-care step ever is that you can just start to listen to yourself. Right. And whether you want to say it's the universe or it's God, uh, yeah. right. They will, as soon as you start the path, like we've all seen that picture of a million stairs and you don't have to jump all of the steps. You just got to take one step and then the next step. And if you are self-aware or self-observant, you'll be like, wow, you're right there's that nutritionist who was in my yoga class or I was listening to this podcast and there's Martha, right? You just have to take one step and God will put that next person in your life that you need. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Or the next food you don't need or whatever it happens right. to be. <laughs> right. Well, right. tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Like how, what's Absolutely. the best way to get into your world? Yeah. So I think the easiest way is just to go to our website, which is B as in B-E, MarthaFit.com. On there, you can send me a message. You could request a free consult call. You can look at the programs that we offer um, or go onto Facebook and put in B Martha Fit, B-E, Martha Fit. Um, you'll find me on every social media platform, but if you really want to dive deep into the programs or offerings or what we believe or watch my story um, that's been shown a couple of times on national TV, go to our website, which is bemarthafit.com. Definitely watch her story if this was intriguing, because yeah. that was my like preface to hopping on this interview and it's quite inspirational. So I highly yeah, recommend everyone you. do that. And we will link to all those pieces in the show notes as well. So everybody Wonderful. has them. So yes. is there any like parting advice that you have for people, something I forgot to ask or just like the thing that you always like to leave people with just fully make the commitment of putting yourself on the to-do list because otherwise we'll get to 70 or 80 and there's no there's no turning back the clock right now is the time now is the time to put yourself on the to-do list and by the way don't feel selfish in doing that because either we take care of ourselves or our kids are going to be taking care of us so don't we have the responsibility now to take care of ourselves? Like put yourself on the to-do list. It's not a selfish thing to do. Right. And we would want our kids to do the same. So if we don't model right. it, then who, right. you know, how will they even learn? We're modeling exactly. the opposite. They'll go on to do the same thing. So I, exactly. I love that. Perfect. Thank you so much, Martha. Absolutely. Thank you. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes because I really believe that action is where big change happens. And I don't believe that the action has to be huge. I believe that it can be the little things that add up over time. And at the end of every episode, I always want to serve you up some ideas so that you can take those little actions that will make a big impact in your life. All right. So here are three from this episode. And just remember, I serve up three, but really all you need to do is lean into one, one a week to really make a big impact over time. Because when you lean into that one, you're able to really make it part of your life. You're able to fit it in. You're able to see where it fits in versus where we might tell you it fits in. You get to see how it works in your own life. All right, here are those three changes from Martha. Number one, pay attention to macronutrients. There are a lot of ways to think about food, but what if you start with the three big components, 
protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats. So start by looking at the labels, or better yet, if you're having foods that don't have labels, which usually have more nutritional value, then Google them and see where they fall in those three categories. Notice how you're eating each of these. Notice what's missing at each meal or at different parts in the day and start to play detective to what food is in your life. All right, doable change number two, put yourself on your to-do list. It's easy to put everyone else first. You know that, I know that. Put something for you on your list. Even dare to put it first. It could be a walk or a workout or making a healthy meal. You need not what your kids are clamoring for, okay? You don't need to do that. You can focus on your own stuff first. Start each day with you or figure out a time where you can really zero into you. All right, doable change number three, listen to yourself. Many of us hear a voice inside telling us when something is wrong or not working or needs to change. Really listen to that voice, even if it seems like it's an impossible ask. Even if you don't know what's next, start writing down what you hear and use that to fuel your next step. All right, you all, that was the three doable changes from this episode. Remember, if you love what you hear here, please go rate and review us over on iTunes. By doing that, it really helps other people find this podcast. So if you like this content and you know that other people like you would like this content, then that really helps us out. It's just the way the algorithm works. So thank you so much for taking that time. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast.